everybody. It's Weird Islanders, the podcast, back once again. As always with me is my friend, Michael Leboff. Mike, uh, what's going on tonight? Not too much. Uh, another f- fun episode from like a, a good wheelhouse era of, of the Islanders uh, for all of us. It's, you know, he, this, this player comes from the, I would say, you know, you don't want to say nascent days of Twitter because it came around, what, 2009 or whatever. Yeah. But but hockey Twitter, I guess, kind of came to be, kind of found its form. And whether that's a good thing or a bad thing remains to be seen. Probably a bad thing, honestly. <laughs> but uh, this player, to me, when you, when you talk about, like, the first couple guys that were hockey Twitter fan favorites why is why aren't they playing this guy more why aren't you know they got to give this guy a shot uh this was he feels like maybe the first one for the islanders at least you know there's there's like the david schlemko's of the world who who were always darlings of hockey twitter and but this guy was the islander twitter david schlemko um and he also is uh probably going to be the only weird islander we talk about from the uh from the sooner state <laughs> oh we're gonna talk a lot about the great state of oklahoma and uh and yes this guy did have a lot of a lot of high hopes like a lot of you know hockey twitter poster boys or superstars uh but uh as we're gonna see never quite reached him with the islanders and we're gonna do that with our special guest tonight uh by day he is a professor at hofstra but by night or whenever it is that he writes uh he writes comic books and is a comic book historian he's written Ghostbusters for IDW. He's written uh, The Flash Companion for Tomorrow's Press. Uh, he's a longtime Islander fan. He's a longtime Lighthouse Hockey reader. And he's my favorite person to talk to whenever I go to New York Comic Con. He is my friend Keith Dallas. Keith, what's going on? Gentlemen, pleasure to be here. This is uh, really looking forward to our conversation. I, I've been looking forward to getting you on this show for a very long time. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is uh, this is gonna be great. Promise not to talk too much comic book stuff. So uh, please, if anybody's <laughs> out there rolling their eyes, uh, please don't. Right. Do it. But uh, but that is we... Mike's job. Mike's job is to make sure we segue out of the comic book. <laughs> I'm thinking about Weird Islanders, a graphic novel. Um, oh my god! You know, different episodes. The, the way Dublowitz won, of course. There you go. Will be, be the awesome. would be the flagship. It could be done. Uh, I feel like he'd done. be a lot of fun to draw as a you know a comic book character. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, so I will start with, uh, with a question though. So uh, as an expert on both the Islanders and on comic books, uh, Keith, you tell me when you're trying to explain, uh, it to outsiders, what is more, what is more difficult to explain to outsiders? Is it comic book continuity or is it Islanders continuity? Because I feel like they're both. Yes. (laughs) Without a doubt, comic book continuity, you know, particularly. I can't even keep it straight now, <laughs> you know, uh, all the different volumes of the Avengers mm. or X-Men or the, mm. forget it. Wow. I'd much rather dive into <laughs> the history <laughs> of the Islanders, even the, the painful eras that, <laughs> you know, Dan and I are, are, you know, familiar with, <laughs> you know, yeah. that were that, you know, lived through, right. you know. All right. Well, so, well, there you go. The, the the Flash's history is much more complicated than Islanders' yes. history, so it could always get worse, as Mike and I always like to say. <laughs> <laughs> especially, yeah. especially but I will hero. say there have been plenty of nights where I've turned off the Islander game and mm-hmm. turned to whatever X Men comic book was near me because <laughs> you know I was done yeah. with you know whatever was going on 
it's cheaper Yikes. than booze. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I will mention to, to, you know, the audience, um, I, I mean, you know, and, and Dan, you're familiar uh, with this already. I don't know if you're aware, Mike, but I was a full season ticket holder, you know, an Islander full season ticket holder from, for four seasons from 2011 until 2015. So you're, you're talking about the final four mm-hmm. years of the Nassau Coliseum uh, before Nassau County put lipstick on a pig. <laughs> um, so there were many of nights where I wish I had brought an X-Men comic book to read <laughs> in the stands, but I was, I was trapped there. But. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, I mean, you, you paid enough to sit in those seats. You probably true. want to take them in as much as you can, no matter how yeah. bad they are. And uh, we are going to talk about a guy who definitely played on a couple of bad teams, um, but a couple of good ones too. Yep. And we are uh, going to, do, do you want me to introduce him now? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. uh, I mean, he, he's a, a player that, again, if you're a longtime Lighthouse Hockey reader, uh, this name will be extremely familiar to you, and you've probably written a trade proposal or two for him. So, <laughs> Keith Dallas, will you please reveal the subject of tonight's episode of Weird Islanders, the podcast? Uh, I, you know, have a collection, like everyone else does, I have a collection of eclectic hockey jerseys. And I have one of this player, and his name is Matt Donovan. My goodness. Left-handed defenseman <laughs> from the University of Denver. Yes. Uh, we will get to that jersey in due time because <laughs> there's no way we're going to let you out of here without explaining why the hell you have a Matt Donovan jersey. And actually, you have you have an entire closet of jerseys that could be the subject of an entire series of episodes of this podcast. Uh, but we'll get to them in due yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah, you, I mean, let me know when you when you want to just schedule an episode. It will be entertaining. I'll tell you yes. that. Uh, oh, we got we got them all. Don't worry, you're on the list. All <laughs> right, but let so let's besides the jersey, or maybe it is because of the jersey. What made Matt Donovan stick out to you from our list of very strange, weird islands? Um, so you know, again, when when I was a uh, season ticket holder, um, during these years, they I have to give credit to. Um, the Islanders, because they would pull out the stops to try to give you, you know, as many events outside the games to to make you feel like you got your money's worth. Mm. And so there, you know, um, there, there were plenty of during these years, there were plenty of meet and greet um, events. And all of them at Adventureland. Th- right. That, that's, <laughs> you know, um, I have. You know, so when when this episode gets uh you know uploaded and and you know posted uh, trust me i'll be showing plenty of pictures of me with <laughs> matt donovan but i i so i met i first met matt donovan at the 2012 um draft party oh, wow. uh so that would be june june when the draft is in june right june of, so june yeah, of 2012 right after my first season as a uh uh, uh, ticket holder. Um, and you know what? I mean, he, he was just such a friendly guy. He was really, I was really, uh, taken. I mean, hockey players, as you guys know, hockey players in general are, are friendly. Yeah. Um, but you know, I remember he, you know, I was with my youngest daughter who at that time was about 10 years old. And, um, and at that point, so, so Matt at that point had made his NHL, debut but he was still sort of taking that shuttle yeah. back and forth between uh 
you know, the island and Bridgeport. Yeah. Uh, so he was standing with a bunch of fellow Bridgeport players like Brock Nelson mm. and um, Johan Sundstrom. <laughs> um, wow. And, uh, but yeah, I mean. Uh, he was supposed to be the next Franz Nielsen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's really, you know, the explanation is just I, you know, got to meet him at uh, at one of these events, at one of these Islander events. And uh, I thought he was he was a real friendly guy. That's cool. Uh, yeah, Adventureland plays a key role in the uh, the history of the Islanders. We should. That, that's another podcast series we need to do at some point. Uh, yeah. The connection between those two, but uh, yeah. Um, but I mean, I, so Matt Donovan drafted, like you said, defenseman out of University of Denver, uh, fourth round, two thousand and eight. So yeah, he spent he he left Denver after his sophomore year to sign with the Islanders, and he played for Bridgeport for a while. So you know, but he did get a taste of the NHL in 2012 yeah but uh over the next couple of years he would play 180 games for bridgeport right. score 100 scored 32 goals 87 assists 119 points so 119 points in 180 games that's no joke like he was right. he was a really good offensive defenseman in bridgeport and made the all-star team a couple of times and he got compared a lot to justin schultz who was the sort of premier ahl uh, scoring defenseman and uh you know he lo- he was looked upon as a real offensive player did you get to watch him at all in bridgeport uh have you ever like kind of uh, after i met well okay so because if you remember the 2012 2013 yeah season was the lockout you know so the so the season didn't begin until january january of 2013 yeah and uh what the aisle what the Islanders ticket reps would do is essentially give free tickets to Bridgeport games because hmm. those games were, you know, they're still going on. The, you know, the AHL was not being locked out. Right. And so the Islanders at that time, anybody and everybody that they could send down was sent down. <laughs> so uh, my daughter and I went to a Bridgeport game. It was it, Travis Hamanick was playing hmm. uh casey Sezikas was playing uh I believe brock, brock was playing so you know i mean you were literally seeing guys who had right. uh had already been called up but you know it was, a, it was a pretty potent ahl team so i did i did get a chance to see matt donovan play bridgeport in right in the fall winter of of 2012 that's cool and i feel like that's that's when his kind of prospect star really started to yeah. to shine like that 20 yeah 11 12 like you said he had that those offensive he was like an offensive juggernaut yeah and the islanders at the time it they were the, the blue line was i mean you, you think about that that 2011 12 islander team and it's not like <laughs> um, it's you know it, it's we talk so much now about uh prospects like being blocked i guess um you, you can even talk about weird islander atu ratu um <laughs> because like where was his spot gonna be and and uh on this team right they, they were that their strength is down the middle they had a bunch of guys who he wasn't taking their spot for a little while um but you look at the 2011 2012 team and uh i think a lot of people had a point when they said why can't this guy get any games uh to, yeah. to see yeah uh, what, what we got here because the the defense. This is the the famous uh, season when I think Milan Yurchina. Anytime that he was in the lineup, the Islanders won, and every time he was out, they lost. But it was Yurchina, Eaton, Hamanick, uh, Amak, 
Mike Motto, Aaron Ness, uh, Adventureland All-Star Steve Steos, <laughs> Dylan Reese, Dylan Reese, uh, and, and Mark Streit. Uh, yeah. So it's, you know, you, you think, okay, Streit at the time, McDonald, Hamannick, like the, the core of the defense is there, but Garth went out and signed his buddy Steve Seos to come. Yeah. Uh, they got Milan Yurchina. So uh, while Donovan was lighting it up in, in Bridgeport, I mean, Calva DeHaan, I think, was down there with him at the time. Yeah. Um, the, the two of them, Donovan got three games that season and, and DeHaan got one. Uh, and it, it kind of leads me to, to kind of what I think the theme of this episode is for me with Matt Donovan is I feel like the Islanders for all the prospects that they've rushed over the years, uh, you know, Josh Bailey is, is the poster child of that. I feel like Matt Donovan, they had the Islanders been a little more aggressive with him. Yeah. It does feel like he could have been, and maybe this is just me because I was mad. The Islanders didn't call him up and I still a little <laughs> salty about it, but I think that the Islanders, like he could have been an NHL player. I was fully expecting him to be, not what Devon Taves has turned out to be, but kind of like what he, we thought he was going to be like a solid second pair puck moving defenseman um, when he was with the Islanders. And it, it still surprises me that it didn't work out because he, you watch him, you're like, this guy has kind of has everything you'd want in a modern NHL defenseman. It's a cool story too, from coming from yeah. Oklahoma and uh, yeah, just, they didn't, Something I don't know what it was, but they just wouldn't give him a chance. They had to make yeah. sure that Steve Steos played. <laughs> you had to get Steve Steos to a thousand right. games, Mike. Yes, right. yes. And we had to have that. Right. We uh, had to have you know that celebration, but uh, and also Mike that it's an odd. This is an odd story because it it was not derailed by injury. That's you know, true. It, right. Right. Exactly. Like it, it, I mean, it's. There's quite the contrast between Donovan and Calvin DeHaan because Calvin DeHaan had all those, you know, you know, yeah. shoulder problems and uh, he was constantly rehabbing. But uh, I, I mean, I, I honestly can't remember if Matt Donovan was ever on the. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he played 180 games in four seasons. Like that's a that's a lot of games, right. <laughs> especially in the yeah. AHL, which is right. no joke. Like they, that's they, a good point. Really punishing like, down here, three and threes and whatnot. Yeah, this was yeah, this wasn't the classic guy, you know. Even like what Wallstrom's kind of going through now, uh, it's yeah. a this is a, this is not that classic story of guy can't just stay healthy. Bad luck that we hear yeah. with all these prospects. Yeah. There just was something that they didn't like about his game, right. which is strange because once again the competition he was going up against was just <laughs> yeah. very very uh, pedestrian. Yeah, <laughs> this is and- a kind word. If if I could just say, I mean, and also, guys, I mean, I think one thing that I find appealing about Matt Donovan is that his years with the team coincide with my years as a season ticket holder. I mean, mm-hmm. literally, uh, you know, those those that 2011 to 2015. If you look at his, you know, sort of stat sheet, <laughs> there it is. You know, it's it's right. those are the years, and I don't know how much we want to. I don't know if we want to progress chronologically through his Islanders career or because something that just strikes out with me, his final year with the Islanders. And again, I don't remember him being on the injured reserve. Mm. He played and I don't, you know, he did not get sent down to the AHL. 
He was not exposed to waivers. In the 2014-2015 season, he played 12 games. Yeah. Every other game, he was a scratch. I I feel like I remember this. Yeah. He was just scratched. uh, Yeah, it's because we were bringing this – I was bringing this up to someone a couple years ago when when the Islanders were just scratching Ajo and Johnston every Mm -hmm. night. Yeah. And I can't remember who it was that I was talking to, and they said, yeah, it's just like they did with Matt Donovan. Mm -hmm. And – I was thinking, I don't, maybe we just don't, I'm not akin, I'm not like tuned in enough with other teams, but I still don't think any other team in the NHL does this with players where they have guys like Johnston, Aho, mm. a couple of years ago, uh, Dal Cole, like, and yeah. Donovan. What, what about Barub- the, I was going to say the patron yeah. saint of them all, JF Barubi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like guys who exactly are just going to sit in, and maybe they're doing it as a favor so they can collect NHL checks. I don't know because <laughs> I think they still do if they go through waivers that so someone can can right. correct me on that. But yeah, I, I don't know any other team. Like you don't see the other beat writers of teams saying like, hmm. uh, you know, this player uh, – Scratch is, for the 15th straight yeah, game. <laughs> exactly. Like, like, because right. I just don't think that they exist. Like, right. Yeah. Um, but the, for the Islanders, they do. It's just normal to us. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, <laughs> cause every era has that guy. Has, and I yeah. Remember, exactly. You know, it's funny because I didn't think about it until you just mentioned that, Keith. That, yeah. Donovan was basically that guy. But I mean, so eventually he did get into the system and he started. So he, he had played those three games in 2012. Yep. But then uh, what happened was, and I don't know if this played a part in it too, but the big thing that happened to Matt Donovan was the Islanders traded Mark Streit. So they make the playoffs in 2013. That's sort of Streit's last hurrah. They trade him to the Flyers for fourth-round pick that would eventually become Devon Taves. Wow, how about that? Uh, and so it opens up this spot on the defense. And, I mean, we and a few other places – by the way, I was mentioning this to Keith before. So far, this is the first episode we've done of he- of Weird Islanders where – most of the written information about this player comes from lighthouse hockey. Like we were the number one chroniclers of the Matt Donovan experience (laughs) uh, on the internet. So good job, Dom and good job. The rest of us for for doing all that. Um, But like we, you know, we were very fascinated by him and and we, you know, Dom at one point wrote like, is he the strike replacement? He had moved up our top 25 under 25 list. He was number seven at its highest. And it's like, he's got the same, tool set as strike yeah. you know that offensive player puck mover whatever you want to call it but is he going to do that because strike at the time was you know 35 he had been in the league for a long time played in the olympics and blah 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 and so here's donovan's chance and in 2013-14 plays 52 games scores two goals 14 assists 16 points um that team was not good obviously you know that was the vanek year uh, go back and listen to that episode if you want to hear yeah. more about that um but, you know, I mean, for a guy who was, how old was he then? He was 23. I mean, those numbers aren't bad at all. And what's funny, too, is uh, he scored. So those are the only two goals he scored in the NHL. Spoiler alert. Sorry about that. Uh, we'll get back to where else he played later. But both of these goals in an improbable turn of events, both of these this man's professional NHL goals are on YouTube. And so we can include them both in this episode, which is pretty wild. The first one was against the Coyotes. Regan, McDonald, Bailey, Donovan, and Bouchard. First guys up on the power play for the Islanders. As the Tavares line had just been on. Here's Donovan firing all the way through and in. Smith thought he had it, but he never had control. And Matt Donovan will get his first National Hockey League goal 
to give the Islanders a three to nothing lead. It's a power play goal. He'll be able to tell his grandkids he drove one right through the goaltender. And the referee has perfect position. You can see it was a loose puck, but Donovan makes a nice move at the top of the blue line, just hanging on to it. Looked like he might pass it right or left. He just kind of faked, and then he got the good shot away. And you're right, Smitty just has the puck, and it just slides his way through. No real excuse for him to not have this goal. If Donovan doesn't care if it might be classified as an easy one, 20 years from now, he'll say it was a 100-mile slap shot top corner. That was a total goalie brain fart of a goal. You know, shot from the blue line. Yeah. That hits the goal. I, I forget who the guy was. It was Mike Smith. Was. It was Mike Smith. It was Mike Smith. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And uh, it hits him in the torso. And, I mean, literally every player around the goalie assumes yeah. the play is dead. And then suddenly you see <laughs> you see this puck just start trickling over the line. It's like the puck grew legs and decided to just crawl out from underneath Mike right. Smith's pads. And right. even he was like, ah, you know. So right. yeah, that's that it was uproariously funny. And he even Matt Donovan was laughing about it. So he went right. back to the bench and was laughing about it. Uh but then his second goal was fantastic. It was scored yeah. against the Tampa Bay Lightning, and uh a bunch of guys are behind the net. And Franz Nielsen, I believe, kicks it out to the slot. And here's Matt Donovan swooping in like an eagle. And he just dives and gets a stick on it and and launches it right past uh, the goalie. Lee behind the net. Lee just had two great chances. Nielsen, great pass star! Ben Bishop, and they got away with one. And then Andrews Lee had several opportunities. And finally, Nielsen's able to get it out in front of Donovan. And again... In the crucial area, all alone in the slot. Look at Tampa all looking and mesmerized by the puck. Nobody's staying in the slot area. Donovan slides in, and he's able to finally get one past Bishop, but you're right. It was a spectacular goal, and you thought, oh, my God, this guy is how old? He's 23, and he's a defenseman. He can pinch and do this kind of stuff. That's completely insane. Um, but that was that, that was it as far as the goal scoring goes yeah. uh, for him. And he never quite took off. Um, I mean. Do you remember watching him during that that 2013-14 season? And I remember because again, I'm I'm not blaming anybody. We all thought that he was going to be the Mark Strike replacement, or at least hoped that he would be. Yeah. But like at some point where you kind of like, mm, I think this guy's got a little bit more work to do <laughs> to make it uh, to Mark Strike level. Uh I mean, do you have any memories of him specifically from that season? I mean, that that was such a tough season yeah. to watch, if you remember. Yeah. I mean, the, the, so I mean the four seasons, the, the final four seasons of the Coliseum. Two are just dread, like you said. I mean, it's the Vanek year, <laughs> right? It's the Vanek right. year, and that that just, especially especially considering the euphoria of the lockout year. You know, we right. were back right. in the playoffs, um, and then it's followed up with a, a just a tremendous you know thud, right. um, to the point where I, uh, I I flat out told my ticket rep i said i don't don't even don't even send me a renewal because i'm not renewing (laughs) guys if you look at the standings or look just look at the islanders had 13 wins at home Hmm. they went 13 19 and 9 that season and i was at every home game (laughs) i mean i was literally losing my mind thinking about the money that I had spent right. to essentially watch what them lose two thirds of the, of their games <laughs> at home. Right. 
And, <laughs> uh, and I think only the Buffalo Sabres had a worse – and I think Buffalo had 13 wins, but I think they had even more overtime losses or something like that. So mm. – or no, no, they had more regulation losses. That's what it was. Uh, but my ticket rep said, you know, Keith, trust me, you do not want to miss the final year in the Coliseum because – the Islanders mm. are going to pull out all the stops and give you all sorts of free crap. And <laughs> uh, it turned out to be, thankfully I didn't, because it turned out to be, a you know, that they got 101 points. Right. Um, but um, yeah, you know, I, I mean, that's an excellent question, Dan, because I mean, it, it was just such a, a tough season to watch. And I feel like everyone was really just, you I know, think a lot of us dead. checked out, out a lot of that season yeah, once they, they traded. Because oh, yeah, Nabby went down, yes. Nabby went down, and then Nowski went down. Yeah. Right. We yeah. had he had all sorts of injuries. Uh, Tavares. Uh, that's when he um, broke tore. His, yeah, at the Olympics. His, uh, ace, was it? He tore his ligament. Or yeah. Something happened to his knee at, at, at the Olympics. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So then, post Olympics, you know, so we even we have a team without JT. Um, and, uh, you know, it was, it was a time for, okay, hey, okay, Kevin Poulin, here you go. <laughs> I'm going to step up. No, he doesn't. Yeah. Right. Uh, who was the other goalie that, that tall? Nelson. It was. Thank you. Yeah. Nelson. Yeah. Nelson. Okay. Let's go. Time for you to shine. No. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, and, and so it was um, just not a shining moment for anybody on that team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that season reminds me a little bit of, of 2020 through 2023. Cause you you'd think that there should be some momentum given the occasion, um, you know, or or the core, I should say, and yeah. and kind of like the build up to the the final season of the Coliseum. So you knew we at that point we knew that the next year was going to be the last one, um, and then for this year you think it's like the fiftieth season. There should be one, you know, something, and mm. if it feels the same in a lot of ways because there was the expectations were kind of high around sure. a, a group of guys that were holdovers from the last year sure. um that 2013 like you said that that playoff run if you can call six games <laughs> playoff run <laughs> uh, but the run to the playoffs with with nabaka kind of willing them there uh, and then getting in uh great series against the penguins and the same guys came back and you're like okay this is the year uh you know we're gonna get steps forward from guys like this guy, Josh Bailey, uh, right. And he, he had a pretty rough year that year. I think he scored yeah. less than 10 and, uh, it just didn't, it just didn't pan out that way. And, uh, I remember being just so disappointed around, I guess it, it probably was the Olympics. Well, and then you just knew, man, we had such a good chance here. Cause, cause snow took a swing. He got Thomas Vanek, like, like Dan said, you got to listen to that episode. Because um, Vanek was awesome for the Islanders, he he was a, basically a point per game player. Him, mm. Tavares, and Oposo were were beasts. Yep. Uh, on the same line, Oposo, this was probably his best performing year, maybe as an Islander, like his like ceiling years, almost a point per game, almost thirty goals, yeah, sixty nine points in seventy one yeah. mm-hmm. games. He was just the, the three of them were so good together, but the rest of the team, I mean, you you just go through the the roster, like you said, like they're dealing with injuries to Viznovsky, they dealt with Nabokov. Uh, Injuries. I think this is the year they traded Nabokov uh, for um, 
Did they? No, no. This was his last year. Then he yeah, went to they they right. brought yeah, him they back. Like right, that was right, the thing right. was they had no goaltending. Like you know, yeah, the roster was the ne- what it was. But and man, then the like, next year he he left for Tampa for like a yes. couple minutes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you just look at the roster. I mean, Eric Bolton played 23 games. It was, this, was, <laughs> this, this was Peter Regan. This was Pierre Marc Bouchard. Mm. Uh, this was the Justin Johnson two game cup of coffee season. Right. This, this yeah. season, like the signature moment for the season. We've, we've talked about the, the fight night a lot. Mm. That was a signature moment for this core three se- that happened three seasons before this one. Right. I can't really think of a signature moment. <laughs> for this season I, I, except I for the trade for vanek it was right, uh, yeah, that, that right. was it i can <laughs> i think the high point of the season and, and by this point the season had already you know gone foobar <laughs> uh was when kyle Oposo got snubbed oh right. that was that year yeah, okay yeah. yeah and then you know right. basically you know one of the one of the sole you know one of the few sellouts right uh, to ch- in order to chant his name, and he had like a monster game. Yeah, the overtime winner. Yeah, for chanting USA. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that was a highlight. Uh, ironically enough, guys, that so Donovan's first goal came in, in, in just in a laugher. You know, it mm-hmm. was. I mean, the, I think the, the the final score was six to one. Um. And that was game three. That was game three of the season. Mm. And I distinctly remember Capuano after the game, basically throwing cold water, you know, because of course the fans are like, okay, great. Yeah. And, right. and Capuano was like, look, that let's, you know, the, that's a game. Don't, don't look at the final score. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that we didn't do right there. We got lucky. I mean, that, that was just the type of game, just that weird type of game where anything and everything that could go right went right. Um, and sort of credit to Capuano to say like, guys, you know, you, you got to do better than this because this is not how it, and, and sure enough, you know, I mean, the season just went and I'll just say one other moment could now towards the end of the season. Now they're just bringing up Bridgeport kids. And so we're just, and this is my petition to be on the episode that covers Mike Halmo. Mike Halmo got called up and he's linked up with uh Cal Clutterbuck and Matt Martin and he gets mm. the first shift of the game and they just they're just hitting anything that moves. I mean <laughs> and the crowd loved it. It didn't matter because at that point we're done. I mean we we just mm. you know there's no hope. But just for this kid to basically be a wrecking ball um was was something that we cheered but that was it i mean otherwise yeah. you know the, the the season was miserable and you make an interesting parallel mike between um trading for vanek and trading for bo horvat uh i would say of course the the huge difference is that horvat signed yeah. the extension right that vanek kept refusing to thank god forcing snow <laughs> to trade him and then the the you know what we get back. I mean, I literally, I still remember that day, guys, mm. when I, because, I mean, I'm no longer part of Facebook mm. Islander groups because I just don't get along with <laughs> other fellow Islander fans. You know, present company excluded, of course. <laughs> but I remember trying to reassure everyone, like, trust me, he, they're going to get the first round pick back. They're going. <laughs> to get the and Oops. then to, for that trade to go down, and, uh, and, remember, and remember it was like it was like 
at the last minute. Yeah, it was like 257. Yeah. And right. I just remember Bruce Arthur. That's when he called the Islanders a dumpster fire. Yeah. That's and I remember right. being like, you know what? I hate this guy, but yeah, that was it's that mean, the, me. the, the worst person in the, like, you know, yeah. made a, made a good point. And he, he was right. Like, I mean, that was <laughs> yeah. that, that season that was, we were talking about um, signature moments of a season. Usually you want them to be good. That was, yeah. I think that, <laughs> that trade deadline day. Yes. It really captured the spirit of the thing yeah, was, <laughs> when it yeah. comes to the 2013. The whole season play. in a nutshell. Uh, Islanders, like, yeah. High uh, hopes and then just a big old wet fart at the end of it. They had Thomas right. Vanek for 47 games. Right. 40, <laughs> great. Thomas Vanek from October <laughs> to February. <laughs> so great games. The Olympic year. Yeah, it was. Any of that. Right. He definitely yeah. produced that, but, but we lost Molson, right? I mean, right. A fan yeah. favorite. I mean, everybody loved yeah. Molson. Was a disaster of epic yeah. proportions, um, which made the next season all that much more exciting because right, they acquired right. uh, Grabowski and Kuhleman. They acquired Boychuk and Letty. Yeah. And for the last season of the Coliseum, they went completely nuts and put together a hundred point season. Like it was, it was insane. And Party. watching it all from the comfort of their homes or perhaps Nassau Coliseum were us. And also Matt Donovan, who played 12 games in the 14-15 season and zero for Bridgeport. So this gets back to what we were saying before, like this dude who had shown, you know, like he could play. I mean, was he an all-star in the Calder Trophy candidate? No, he wasn't. But he certainly didn't show anything that wouldn't, at least I don't remember him being such a liability that, you know, you got to keep this guy in in the press box the whole time. But he just... He only played. He sat for seventy games. Yeah, and yeah. he only played in twelve games. He get, he grabbed three assists. Okay, great. So like, but like, how is that even possible? I don't even understand. We'd have to go back and like. I don't so find I'm out. looking it's at so the, strange. Yeah. So you got. So you I mean, still have Hamannick. Yeah. Yep. You got so you got Letty Boychuk Hammer Hickey. Hickey. Yep. Yeah. Um. Of the course, Brian. Not, I think that, I think that not, was for the the the, was the sort of lighthouse hockey outrage. Yeah. Like, how do you keep playing Brian Strait? Right. And, yes. But Why? you had Visnovsky and you had DeHaan as well. Yes. He played in 65 yeah. games. But you actually had a pretty crowded blue line. Right. Because uh, that, that was also the year that they, they gave Griffin Reinhardt a little right uh, spin around, too. Um, right. But, he, I mean, he played 12 games in the regular season. However, hmm. that incredible playoff series against the Capitals, another great playoff run. This one went seven games. Right. Uh, the... <laughs> He Donovan played it in, in that yeah. that series and he played with a fellow University of Denver alumni, Scott Mayfield. Like wow. those two the Islanders were Viznovsky like you look at that series and they just anybody who who, who could move the puck on def- defense outside of Nick Letty got hurt. Yeah. yeah. It was, it, uh, of course, the, the one that comes to everyone's mind is uh, Visnovsky. W- yeah, right. Wilson on Visnovsky, but then, you know, DeHaan. Yeah. Uh, ended up getting hurt, I believe, right? Like his shoulder or something. Yeah. So a game six and seven, five, six and seven, or six and seven at it the was very six least. And seven. That, yeah. Uh, Donovan, Mayfield, and Griffin Reinhardt played one of the games. He might have, Griffin <laughs> Reinhardt might have played game five, and it might have been the worst performance of an NHL player I've seen <laughs> until maybe a few from Josh Bailey this current season. But uh, they they were playing, their whole season was on the line, and yeah. this kind of, is twofold. One, it, it, it shows just how bad, you know, the unfortunate they had that he just didn't get any rub of luck in, in that series for the most part until, you know, game seven when they're outplayed and somehow stayed in the game. But yeah, um, 
so th- there's that they, they were unlucky that they were dealing with these injuries and playing but the other part is it just shows you how well those the forwards played in that series and and nick letty i remember letty and boychuk being beasts yeah. um of Boychuk course in particular yeah i just crazy, and, and, yeah. and visnovsky for the first part of the series i will we'll never forget his victory lap um when they <laughs> when, when they won uh game three in overtime at home and uh he was just so good in that game and um the, the rest of the team was so good that they were able to mask you know uh, donovan and mayfield and and, mm. and some i mean brian straight played seven games in that series and they, and they they got to game seven so well that's what i was gonna say it's a crowded blue line but it could get a little less crowded if you didn't play Brian straight for seven yeah. games, you know, like, it's not that hard. The math is not that hard here, you know, but they, like you said, they just refused. They always had to have that guy and like, okay, maybe Brian straight wasn't Steve Steos, but it's always like Mike motto or whatever. It's always that one guy. It's just like, why is this guy still here? And, uh, well, I mean, let me see how many games it actually was. It was 52 games. Sorry. And actually, if you, if you go to hockeyreference.com and you scroll down to, um, uh, Matt Donovan's page, you will see that his, his the player he's most compared to is Brian Strait, which I was like, oh, that can't wow, be right. like, that, can't, that can't be that's right. That's not fair. Come on, give me a break. That's not fair. But that that leads me to my next segue, which is that during his time as an Islander, uh, Matt Donovan, I think, is probably second only to Josh Bailey in the amount of trade proposals that he was included with right. uh, from fans. I called him when we were talking about putting this episode together. I'm like, this is the man of a thousand trade proposals. Like he's, <laughs> he was the guy who was included in everything. And it became sort of a meme at lighthouse hockey where any player in the league could have been acquired for Bailey Donovan and the fifth overall pick. And the reason right. that we said that was because for two years in a row, the Islanders had the fifth overall pick, the Michael Dow Cole year. And then the Nino Nina Ryder year. Right. So like, we were like, Oh, well they can get, I don't know, insert player here, like, and just get this guy. They can get Marion Gabrick. They can get, you know, whoever it was. And, and of course it never happened, but I can't even begin to explain to somebody how many times that exact trade scenario. And, and after a while, at first it's like funny, but then after a while you're like, you know what? I bet they could get something for that Bailey Donovan. And because they were all cheap, they're all young. They all had a lot of promise, but one guy is still here. Incredibly. (laughs) Um, But yeah. I remember a couple a couple guys that season that I wanted at the deadline, and I'm sure that mm-hmm. it was for that package. He said, right. and I, and one of them, I want to say Eric Cole was was one of them, so, and yeah, I believe he got, I think right. he got like he got moved. Um, and then the other one was uh, a future Weird Islander mm. that was Marek Zidlitsky. I was like, <laughs> this guy would be great. And then the Islanders made two very famous trades that deadline. Uh, mm. They acquired, uh, not for Matt Donovan, by right. the way, but they acquired uh, Dustin Jeffrey for Corey Conacher. Mm. I'm pretty sure. I think it was Conacher that they yep. traded. Uh, and then the other one was uh, Tyler Kennedy, which was, oh, oh my God, maybe one of, one of my favorite tra- trades ever going. You know, I hated that guy. Yeah, Absolutely hated him when he was on the Penguins. And then here he is. It's time mm. for him to, to be one of the guys for this this. He's crazy he's gonna get an episode run. of this show for sure. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, just definitely. what on earth was he yeah. doing on the Islanders? <laughs> and for, you have to for for that episode, you got to bring in the other Keith, like the, the mm-hmm. lighthouse hockey Keith, because mm-hmm. he had one of the all time funniest tweets after that trade, where he just tweeted, "Okay, now I got to go and delete 
a thousand Tyler Kennedy <laughs> is, is ugly tweets, you know, <laughs> so, you know, I, I did DM Keith Quinn about coming on, but he hasn't gotten back to me. I don't think he's oh, okay. Twitter anymore, but I got to try and find him. But uh, yeah, I'm looking at the list of uh, yeah. Tyler Kennedy was some guys are just wrong. Like they're just, they, yeah. they really shouldn't have been here and he's definitely high on the list, but yeah, like, I'm looking, he's, probably, he's like number one in my mind. Yeah. Really. He got into Capriano's doghouse pretty quickly. Immediately. Too. Yeah. 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 T- Tyler Kennedy and Taylor Beck. To me, they're the same guy. They're not the same guy, but they're the same guy. They're just the right. same guy acquired in the same circumstances, a year apart, same names almost. They're the same guy, basically. I'm just looking at this list of like guys who they you know could have acquired. Like just it's just a scoring list for that 2014-15 season. I'm and I'm running. And I'm seeing names that would make a lot of sense. Jordan Everly would have been one. Um, uh, who was the other guy? Just that Alex Steen, I think, was probably like Kyle Turris. I'm almost certain. Was definitely yeah. on that list. Yeah, of like, I'm sure oh, yeah. Lee Stempniak was traded. He he got traded yeah. every trade. He would sign sure. with like a bad team and then would get traded at the deadline. And right. You could uh-huh. you know there's there is probably a, a world one of these alter mm. uh, multiverse where mm. Matt Donovan was traded straight up for Lee Stepniak and because I don't know how <laughs> Lee Stepniak w- wasn't on the Islanders like yeah. how Gar Snow didn't end up signing that guy mm. to a one year deal like like a la Chimera. And, right. and such like you know Bouchard like I have no yeah. idea how Lee Stepniak didn't end up this, on on an this, Islander team. This was when T.J. Oshie was still in St. Louis, so I could say, oh, UC Jokinen, I feel like was probably another yeah. one. Oh, why did they get UC Jokinen? Just trade him Bailey Donovan in the fifth. That's, <laughs> that's it. That's 2015 right. NHL in a nutshell. But uh, so eventually Donovan, his contract did come up. <laughs> I'm assuming he, you know, they either didn't qualify him or he wanted to walk away or whatever. Can I just mention one before we, before we discuss that one of, one of his final moments as a New York Islander, uh, you know, as Mike said at uh, was, you know, he made the final, he made the, the, you know, he appeared in the final two playoff games against the Capitals. He got a 10 minute misconduct penalty. If you look at his, yeah, uh, right. You you look at and I obviously you know and I was at that game mm-hmm. and I remember the play and what's hysterical is to this day no one understands why he got a ten minute <laughs> misconduct I mean literally three misconduct wow. yeah I mean after the game they asked you know Donovan like oh, w- what happened and he says I don't know <laughs> he goes I, I honestly don't know and because it, it it happened um right at the <laughs> it literally happened right at the door. Mm-hmm. Where the Islanders, you know, come onto the ice, right? So literally, the 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 the, the you know the the ref opened up the door and said, "You're gone." And Donovan looked at him and just went, "Okay, you know, I mean, not wow. not gone for the game, but right. it happened like at the end of the second period." Oh, and he got a ten minute misconduct. Jack Capuano oh, said, yeah. "He says, um, hey, I asked him, I asked the refs what happened, and they wouldn't tell me." <laughs> the the three theories I have. Listen, I mean, and one reason why I like Donovan, he's, I mean, he describes himself as an offensive blue liner, but he's, he's got some grit. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he would not back down, you know, and, and that was obviously a very physical, um, you know, playoff series. Sure. Uh, he, he certainly doesn't have the grit say that, you know, Scott Mayfield has, but mm-hmm. you know, he, he would, he, he wouldn't back down. And I remember this play, I forget what capital was in his face, but they're drawn back and forth. And I wonder if he said the magic word mm. and the ref just assumed that Donovan was saying it to him mm-hmm. and just said, okay, you know, right. Bye. Um, I did see a tweet 
where someone thought that Donovan had accidentally hit the ref with his stick, maybe as he was drawing with this, Mm. you know, capital player. Um, Or, or I wonder if the refs were just trying to send like some message, like, you know, we've, we've got to calm the tensions down. There was, I'm looking at the box score here and there were a lot of roughing. There were four roughing majors or four roughing minors in that period alone, plus a high sticking, cross-checking slashing hooking and throughout the game so that's i think that might be possible too and they just found like a a sacrifice (laughs) to calm the game down uh it didn't really work because cal clutterbuck got a misconduct that the a whole bunch four guys got uh penalties at the end of the game so what happened there (laughs) do you remember what happened there uh ovechkin and nelson got into it because that's what it looks like here the horn sounded Hmm. and the oh who is the uh capitals big defenseman or, or most John Carlson or Carl Alsner. Maybe him. Yeah. He took a shot on goal after oh. the buzzer. Oh, right. Right. Line. Yes. And then of course, then, then, yeah. you know, that of course brings out everybody. Right. And yeah. so that's why you see all those penalties because right. they you know, that, yeah. Hey, you know, that's bullshit. But I mean, but, in, in some way it is bullshit. In yeah. some way it's, it's playoff hockey, you know, you I mean, like, Clutterbuck got a misconduct. <laughs> yeah. 10 yeah. minute misconduct right at the end of the game. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. the, the, the funny thing about Clutterbuck in these, in these, these years is like, you look at him and you, you see, Oh man, Cal, at one point in his career, Cal Clutterbuck was you know 25 or 26 years old. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's like, to me, he's just perpetually 32 to 36. Like he was never, <laughs> he was never younger than 32 right. in his, in his tenure with the Islanders. Um, right. But he yeah. came to the Islanders when he was 26 and he looked 35. Yeah. 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 And, <laughs> yeah. and, and just one other thing about that game and series mm. and season with Capuano, I remember he caught a lot of flack from Islander fans for never really engaging with the officials. Yeah. Do you guys remember that at all? Like he, like people would be like, yo, he, he, if you watch, you watch uh Tortorella or you watch, you know, Mike Babcock or Joe mm. Quenville, they're always in the, the officials ears getting, you know, and and they'll massage calls. Mm. Guy Boucher, like oh, he's he's always got his his one of his legs is just his feet is always on the ledge of <laughs> of the boards. And with Capuano, like it just never happened. If, and if and there was also a conspiracy theory that the refs just never really was. It goes back to that Claude Lapointe quote from two thousand two, yeah. where he said that the the league still treats them like losers. Mm. And it was almost as if um the 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 league and the officials just didn't think Jack Capuano was like almost worth. Mm. talking to and explaining calls to because i remember i remember people being like why is it capuano and i probably was one of them yelling on twitter like capuano should be yelling at the ref that they just missed that call like this is he's got to start doing it if he's got to stick up for his guys a little bit so hearing that uh he didn't get an explanation from the refs yeah uh, (laughs) that donovan call is kind of bringing back memories of me being mad that yeah, because uh, because every call I feel like in in the Capuano era went against the Islanders. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, definitely. And I, so, I mean, I don't uh, remember that being a thing, but I do remember now that I'm picturing Capuano behind the bench, I'm definitely never thinking of him like shouting at the refs ever, except for that one that one gif where he's like, "What the f-? like that was yeah. that was the one time." And he awesome, said something. right? Yeah, but that I was think he would it. just like I think Doug Waite did all the yelling for him. Yeah, I yeah. Needed, I don't think right. he felt he needed to because Doug right. Waite was you know certainly the bulldog. Had yeah, <laughs> getting into the uh, refs here, and then and, yeah. and Brent Thompson too. That's true. Uh, Wait, was Thompson the got like suspended or got a fined for like abusing the refs? Oh, wow. Maybe. 
Well, yeah, there's that. I, there was that that one game where they they were laughing at what Doug Waite was yelling. Remember that when Doug Waite was like yelling, rock walking off. I think they were playing the Red Wings, and mm. he was an assistant for Capuano, screaming at the refs, and Capuano was like cracking up, yeah. with whatever Dougie <laughs> was saying to the refs, like for, walking to to the locker room. Uh, and I don't think Doug came out for the next period. <laughs> it was a cool off, probably, but yeah, man, what what a wild time. But anyway, uh, so yeah, so well, I'm glad you brought that up because I I had completely forgotten about that, but. Yeah, I guess that was his last act as an Islander because uh, he eventually left as a free agent and signed with Nashville. And he only played two games with Nashville in the 18-19 season. And I, th- I think he signed with the Sabres right yes. at the very next season, but but they, they just sent him to the AHL. Yeah, he played mostly in, in Rochester. Uh, but then, yeah, he went to, to uh, the Predators. Actually, yeah, the Sabres signed him in 2015. Right, so he went right from the Islanders to the Sabres. Played in Rochester and then signed with the Predators. Uh, well, actually, he signed. He played in uh, Sweden for a while for Frölunda. Yeah. He actually played two seasons for Frölunda. Hockey Reference really needs to update their Matt Donovan page. This is a, this is a <laughs> lot of uh, we we know more information than they do here. But yeah. uh, eventually made it back and once again played mostly in the AHL. He spent most yeah. of his time in in Milwaukee, uh, the uh, Predators affiliate, and uh, and that was about it. Uh, you know, he again the two games with the Predators and then. That was the end of Matt Donovan's NHL career, but uh, he has, you know, stuff around hockey. So as we mentioned before, we haven't really talked about that much. He is from Oklahoma. He's the first NHL player from Oklahoma, and he's an extremely proud Oklahoman, and they are extremely proud of him being (laughs) in the NHL. And we found a bunch of articles about him, and uh, we found they had a whole day, a Matt Donovan day in Oklahoma City when he was still with the Bridgeport. Sound Tigers, uh, they were so excited because he ended up getting called up. We have never produced a player for the National Hockey League until now. That's Oklahoma City Mayor Mick Cornett declaring Tuesday, July 31st, 2012, as Matt Donovan Day. The Sound Tigers defenseman became the first player born and raised in the state of Oklahoma to play a game in the NHL when he made his debut for the Islanders back on April 3rd. Coming from here, no one's ever done it. Um, Really never never crosses your mind as a kid coming from Oklahoma playing hockey in Oklahoma it never really crosses your mind but once it got a little closer and closer uh, um, it definitely came into my mind and and luckily it came true usually you have to get uh, booed by a, an opposing crowd to get a, a day named <laughs> after you in a, <laughs> as a hockey player in a city that's only international rules that's yeah, international yeah yeah yeah, yeah right <laughs> Here you you can play you can get one game call up and they'll give you a day, uh, but it was a big deal uh, in Oklahoma City and uh, we found some video of that too, which is kind of fun. Um, but he settled back in Oklahoma and uh, founded a company called Squatch Hockey that teaches hockey camps and uh, also does apparel. So check that out, SquatchHockeyCo.com, and and it's also it's got his Wikipedia entry in there, which is actually very cool. And uh, he also does like fundraisers and stuff and. Uh, Again, he's trying to trying to you know grow the game, as they say, uh, in the great state of Oklahoma, the Sooner State, as Mike said. So uh, yeah, I mean, that's about it. Now we come to the big finale, in which Keith Dallas tells us how the hell he got a Matt Donovan jersey while the man was an Islander. Right. So that okay, as the story goes, um, prior to my second season as a ticket holder. So this would be prior to the lockout, mm-hmm. prior to the lockout season, the Islanders gift two season ticket holders was an autographed John Tavares Jersey. Hmm. However, 
<laughs> if you paid your invoice in full instead of in installments, you could choose the jersey of any player. You didn't, you know. And I'm definitely one of those fans where I don't I don't want to I don't want to wear the jersey that everyone else is wearing. Right. Uh I was telling Dan, you know, before we started recording that, you know, I my wife, my daughter and I went to um the this this Ottawa game and she said to me, she's like, look at how many people are wearing Bo Horvat jerseys. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's so and listen, ten years ago, what's everyone wearing? Everyone's wearing John Tavares. I didn't want to be that guy. I wanted to, I wanted to uh, you know, be different. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time, Travis Hamanick was my favorite player, but my wife had already gotten me a um, game-used Travis Hamanick jersey. So, okay. So, I, I didn't need another Hamanick jersey. So, now I'm, I'm racking my brains trying to think about, you know, who, who do I want? You know, do I want Franz Nielsen? Oh, that'd be a good choice. But you know what? I mean, he was sort of up there in popularity. I definitely, I, was, I really wanted to, you know, find a player that, that would just, you know, be unique. Um, and I just remembered my draft day experience, you know, talking to Matt and I asked my, I asked my season, I asked my ticket rep, I said, can I, can I choose a guy who's most likely going to play in Bridgeport this entire year? Cause I want to choose Matt Donovan. And he's like, let me ask. And he comes back. He says, yeah, you want Matt, Matt Donovan? Go ahead. You got Matt Donovan. So we didn't, because of the lockout, we didn't get these jerseys until, um, like February of 2013. Oh, wow. Jeez. And I remember of all people, Greg Picker, Greg <laughs> Picker was, was, you know, sort of, you know, helping distributing these jerseys. <laughs> he <laughs> gave me this look like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, you know, absolutely. And that's the story. And, and I think um, I'm trying to remember the first time Matt Donovan had seen me wear mm. a Matt Donovan Jersey. I think it was, What's cool at the end of that lockout season, um, the Islanders had a, uh, a a playoff party. This it was, the season hadn't ended yet, but we had clinched a spot, so they rented out the uh, I think it was the Paramount in uh, Huntington, mm-hmm. and had essentially a, a playoff party while the Islanders were playing Carolina. The Island uh, the Islanders were in Carolina, mm-hmm. um, but a bunch of Bridgeport players came, including Matt Donovan, including um, Calvin DeHaan, including I believe Brock was there. And I think that's the first time Matt Donovan saw anyone wearing (laughs) the Islanders. And, you know, I got to wonder like, okay, you know, does he, does he think I'm a fan? Does he think I'm a stalker? I mean, you know, (laughs) I do wonder what his thoughts were (laughs) at that point, but I do, I do, I do have a great picture of, of him with my daughter. Uh, at that event, which again, I'll, I'll make sure to, to tweet once uh, this episode goes live. Mm, that's uh, cool. Well, there you go. I mean, I guarantee he remembered you. He saw you and remembered you. And that's probably like one of his lasting memories. Of, may, uh, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> it's like somebody I, had my jersey. That's pretty cool. Right. So, well, I loved, I lo- always loved Islander events like that too. Like I was not at that Paramount, but even like draft parties and stuff. Sure. Uh, kind of the, uh, Adventureland stuff, um, you know the the, the non game. You're not at Nassau Coliseum for a game. You're here for a draft party. It was just that's when the Islanders were at their most Islander uh, as like a, <laughs> as like a sports team. 
like you, they had like an inflatable slide or something and yeah in nassau coliseum while uh they picked kyle oposo or <laughs> or whatever traded down twice to get draft josh bailey and there's right you know kids getting face paint and stuff mm-hmm. and there there's ticket reps trying to sign you up because they just signed they just drafted this great leader out of the windsor spitfires josh bailey um mm-hmm. that's that's always those are always the best and mm-hmm they just bring big smiles to my face whenever <laughs> whenever you think whenever i think about like going to an islanders right. adam going I, I took a great picture once with bruno gervais and my friend dylan <laughs> at one at a draft party um and we had p- pictures of him to sign from his uh junior team akati bathurst or however mm. you pronounce it uh and i think he he was just he, we we handed it to him and uh apologies yeah. for the expletive uh, but he's like oh f- where did you get this <laughs> and uh he signed it and then yeah then we got a picture with ted nolan and dan lacroix uh, it was it was a what a day that was it's uh, times like that me. that like like you said that they are at their most islanders but like it's times like that that like being the islanders is kind of cool because like it's the you best can part yeah these guys and and like interact with them and yeah. Again, for a guy like Matt Donovan, seeing somebody wearing his jersey, right. it's got to be like a surreal experience. Like, I'm not John Tavares. I'm not even Travis Hamannick. Like, I'm just Matt Donovan from guy from Oklahoma, and this guy's bought my jersey. I will Maybe say, he wondered if I was related to him. Maybe he's like, oh, <laughs> are you like some distant cousin? You right. Know? <laughs> I will say it's funny. I, again, I always follow like a lot of Flyers fans just by accident, and they're sort of going through that too. Even though they're the Flyers, they're like a bigger deal like their draft party is the kind of thing now where you get to meet these guys and then you may never see them again. Cause they'll be like, yeah. well, I, I, think about the rain. Like the, I've never even heard of, I don't know if the Rangers have ever had a draft party. I don't they, think they do. They, they, <laughs> they, they drafted first overall and, and second overall, like six years, four or five years ago now. And, yeah. um, and and if they did, it would probably be at like the Hulu theater or, or yeah, that's, that's, theater. That's, and, and like, that's they would just, exactly what I was going to say. Like, well, obviously they can't have it at the garden. Right. Yeah. yeah. And they, they like bring the, probably bring the play. Like, Oh look, here's Carl Hagelin on the stage. He's going to answer mm. a few questions from you guys that, right. You know, well, it's and, Henrik Lundqvist and, then, and he waves yeah. and then he goes away. Right? Exactly. <laughs> Whereas like, it's the Islanders. They're like, Oh, you're, oh, you're standing online to get a pretzel. You're, you're standing right behind Kale Mollerat. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's an Islanders only experience. And Matt Donovan is uh, basically an Islanders only player and, uh, and a lighthouse hockey hall of famer, if I do say so. Yes. Uh, so Keith, this has been a great time. Again, I've been hoping to get you on for a long, long time. Uh, you're a guy I've seen Islanders games with. You're a guy I've hung out with at Comic-Con. Uh, I, I backed your comic book that just came out, Riptide I, Sanitarium. I really appreciate that. No problem. Uh, everybody needs to check it out. Uh, you know, there's PDFs you can download. It's been printed, but uh, check it out. It's great stuff. If you like Stranger Things, you're like Ghostbusters, Keith is all over it. So thank you very much. I hope you had a lot of fun. I did. And could I, I just, I think we need to let the audience know hmm. that if you ever, you know, if you follow us on Twitter and you ever see an eye on the game, that both Dan and I are going to, it's a, it's a, it's a guaranteed loss. It's a guaranteed <laughs> loss. When you have two of the biggest mushes. Dan and I have seen some classic, and, and Dan yeah. and I are, are very similar in our perspective in that mm. if the Islanders go up a goal, we're, we're just waiting for, you know, like, all right, well, this, this isn't going to go well. You know, mm. it, it, it's, it's, you know, it's not the start of something good. It's okay. Right. Now what's going to happen? I don't yeah. know if you remember this, Dan. We, Dan and I, Went. This is obviously you know at the Coliseum. Mm. Brodor had been traded to the Blues. 
Yes. We went to a Blues Islanders game. The Islanders went up 3 nothing after one. It was 3 nothing after one. The Blues bring in Brodeur, and Dan and I looked at each other, Mm. and we didn't have to say anything. We both just said – we already know. We already know the ending. We already. I mean, it was. It was a guaranteed yeah. loss. We should have. We should have found a way to. I mean, you know, this is before, you know, the MGM Grand mm. and FanDuel apps. Right. But I really wish there were because Dan and I would have bet. <laughs> we made a lot house. of money. That was. We, the- we would have cleaned up because, sure yeah. enough, the Andres lost four to three. You know, yeah. that was that last game at the Coliseum. The last season of the Coliseum, I went there with my wife, my daughter, who was very little. She was like four. I wanted her to experience the Coliseum Islanders game. She cried most of the time and looked for where yeah. Sparky was and ate very salty popcorn. And I was there with my dad too, because he yeah. used to take me to a lot of games. So he was there with me. And I was the one who told him like, that's Marty Brodeur in goal. I was like, you know, he signed. When did he get to St. Louis? He just signed there over the, I thought he was, right. with the, I thought he retired. I watched the devil's games. I thought he retired. No, he didn't retire. He went to St. Louis. And I just, I, I said, I think I gave my wife the same look I gave you, which is just like, this is bad. And she's like, what yeah. are you talking about? They're up three, nothing. And I was like, this is bad. And crying, crying the entire time is, is yeah. You know, that's the Island. That's part for the course for an Islander fan. So yeah. Uh, I will say, fortunately, her second game was the Matt Barzell hat trick game at Barclays Center. So she oh, does nice. have at least yeah. one good memory of the Islanders, but uh, definitely wasn't. She was fortunately young enough to not remember that game. But yeah. I remember it. You remember it. <laughs> Anybody yeah. listening to this was like, oh, God, I remember that game. Yeah, uh, yeah it was it was bad. It's, but I wouldn't have traded. I wouldn't have traded for a second because I hung out with you. Yeah. I hung out with my family. It was great. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to we'll have to devote another episode to the, to the games that Dan and I have. <laughs> been two together i mean there's some there's some funny stories there very too. bad yeah <laughs> man really appreciate you having me on guys i really this is oh, this of course of course a blast and you know uh really, you know you, you guys do a, a great podcast i mean this this is such a wonderful idea and i really you know can't think of two guys better to to handle it you know you guys do Thanks. a great job thank you thank you we both appreciate it uh but it's really it's really the best part is of 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 this podcast is that when we bring people in um and we we talk about a lot of times i think during islanders anxiety since it's just dan and i like i'll be like man that was probably people out there probably i mean they already know i'm i'm Mm. off my rocker and (laughs) dan is too in different ways but like then you get these people in uh for for these shows and you're like oh man it feels so nice to talk to a, a a third person um a rotating third chair you know like what well, mm. there are more of us out there than than we know and You're it right. feels so good to be able to hear someone talk about mike Halmo, <laughs> <laughs> pasting guys yeah. uh and and like when i'm saying like oh my god i remember doug wait like islander fans being mad because doug wait was always yelling at the refs <laughs> and jack capuano wouldn't do it and you guys right. not being like Dude, I, I'm calling the cops. Like, I don't know what. <laughs> like, if you're you're talking about this, and it's and that, by the way, that is true. If you if yeah. you if you just Twitter search Doug Wait ref, you'll see a lot of people complaining yeah. that mm. it's Doug Wait yelling at the refs and not Capuano, and someone's complaining <laughs> that John Tavares is using the whiteboard and not Capuano too. <laughs> that I remember. Yeah. That I definitely. Remember. How could they let? Who who's in charge here? Who's running <laughs> this ship? Is it the players or is it the coach? Who cares? What difference does it make? They were going to lose anyway. Uh, so that i definitely remember and uh yeah that's that well it's it's right up there with the uh lou lamarillo makes a joke and everybody thinks it's the worst yeah. thing that ever happened <laughs> so, sorry the guy landed a funny joke i i know right. it's a rare thing but 
it is what it is. It's not crazy. Uh, okay, uh, Keith, uh, where, where can everybody find you on Twitter? I forgot to ask. So it's uh, Keith underscore Dallas. So follow uh, Keith there and uh, look for updates on his uh, comic book work and uh, and uh, buy his books. I'll, I'll put a, a link to his Flash companion uh, in the uh, article for this because I have it and it's fantastic. And if you're a fan of you. the Flash or Silver Age comics in general, check it out. It's great. Uh, Michael Leboff, where can everybody find you on Twitter? Uh, the Big Lebowski with, with two E's. Follow Mike at the Big Lebowski. Read his work at Action Network. Listen to his podcast at Action Network too, because they are phenomenal. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back again in a few weeks with another episode of Weird Islanders, the podcast. And until then, keep the Islanders weird. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you later. Bye bye.